Hello, welcome to the Monday, December 27th, 2021 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Let's start out with a quick roundup of Log4Shell or Log4J related news that sort of broke over uh, the long weekend. Luckily, there wasn't really all that much new about this vulnerability. Nick Douglas uh, wrote a little uh, post about how this vulnerability could affect the internal uh, metadata service on cloud services. Most notably, if you are using, for example, an AWS uh, virtual machine in EC2, there is a metadata service exposed on an internal IP address, 169.254.169.254, and an attacker could connect to that metadata service via the log4j vulnerability and potentially retrieve authentication tokens for other cloud services by the same organization. This uh, particular uh, exploitation path was, for example, made kind of famous in the Capital One breach. So um, certainly these metadata services, something that you need to get a handle on, uh, make sure you're configuring them right, meaning for the latest version of the particular metadata service that you are using. And uh, yeah, if you don't need them, uh, then uh, turn off the HTTP interface, of course, for these uh, services. They can be accessed pretty much by any code running within that particular virtual machine. So this is not something that's specific to log4j. Any code execution vulnerability on the virtual machine could easily be escalated to be sort of an enterprise-wide problem if you don't have the credentials configured correctly that are being offered by these metadata services. And as far as exploit attempts go, crypto miners are still at the top of the list. And Renato wrote up another crypto coin miner that got caught in his honeypots. You can find more details in Renato's uh, post, including indicators of compromise. Of course, all the typical indicators of compromise uh, for crypto miners apply. And that's always a good thing to look out for because no matter what the vulnerability, this is sort of one of the preferred attacks that you will be seeing. If you do see a crypto miner on a system, please don't stop by just removing it chances are that there may be other more stealthy attacks that took advantage of the same flaw. So always look for additional malware, look for backdoors, look for added accounts, all the other good stuff that you should do as part of your instant response. Don't just clean the crypto miner and move on. And I think there were at least uh, two instances uh, this year where we did have malicious uh, drivers uh, being used in order to compromise systems. These Windows drivers uh, contained uh, valid signatures. Now, in order uh, to fight back here, Microsoft is setting up a vulnerable and malicious driver reporting center. It's targeting developers and uh, researchers but you essentially can upload a driver file, explain why you think it's either vulnerable or malicious. And if confirmed, then Microsoft may block this particular driver from the operating system from being loaded. Essentially what Microsoft is trying to do here is also to reduce the time it'll take to actually respond to a case of a malicious driver. 
And the Wills security team is at it again and found yet another vulnerability in Microsoft Azure. This time it's the Azure app service. And the problem here was that if you used local Git, as they call it, in order uh, to push code live, you exposed in some circumstances the .git directory, which of course then gives attackers access to your source code. Part of the issue here is that, well, Azure is sort of built a little bit with uh, .NET and IS in mind. So they did deploy a web.config file in order uh, to actually uh, protect uh, the files in the .git directory. But if you deployed PHP and other languages, which is also possible uh, with Azure App Services, then the code may actually not run in IIS. So web.config will not work in order to protect your file. And then you have the classic case where the .git directory is inside your document root and directly accessible to an attacker. I'm a little bit surprised that it took four years to find this vulnerability, uh, given that, uh, well, uh, .git access attempts are sort of one of our top, I don't know, 10 or 20 uh, kind of URLs that we do see hidden our honeypot. So attackers are certainly looking for this flaw. So uh, not sure if source code had already leaked uh, before uh, with informed Microsoft. And of course, by now, this vulnerability has been patched. Well, and that's it for today. Thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. This week, I'm planning on four podcasts, so likely no podcast on Friday. Thanks and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.